0: welcome to another curious cast i'm jim mcgregor and i'm kevin crewell today we're going to be taking a closer look at the upcoming court battle between apple and qualcomm this is not the first shot that was st- that started the war between the two companies. However, it is the first lawsuit filed between the two companies and it really is at the heart of the dispute between the two companies. And the outcome of this case could have significant ramica- <laughs> could have significant ramifications for not only the wireless industry but the
1: entire tech industry as a whole. Yeah, this is a major case because of the implications of this trial. Not only will we be watching it closely, we'll actually be attending the proceedings in federal court in San Diego. So look for additional articles, podcasts, social networking posts from us as this case proceeds. Note that the case will start with a jury selection, it's a jury trial, on Tuesday, April 16th. As a quick background, the dispute between the two companies is really all
0: about wireless licensing and royalty rates for intellectual property or what we call IP. Despite having long term agreements for access to the IP through its contract manufacturers, Apple wants to pay less or nothing if possible for IP to the innovators and the IP holders. And Qualcomm being one of the largest or having one of the largest IP portfolios in the wireless industry, obviously they're kind of a key target for Apple right now. Now, Apple started the war by filing complaints with antitrust regulators all around the world and refusing to license the IP at what's called FRAND rates offered to other smartphone OEMs. FRAND stands for Fair, Reasonable, and Non-Discriminatory Rates, which, according to the Etsy licensing agreements used by the wireless industry, you have to offer the same rates to anybody that's interested in a license. Qualcomm fired back after all this, by withholding some contractual payments for with essentially license fees to Apple. It's actually more kind of like rebates uh, and license fees that were agreed upon in their contract. Qualcomm held back the payments because it felt that Apple violated their agreement by filing antitrust complaints and by supplying information to the regulators.
1: Yeah, this then started a, a battle, a firestorm almost between these two companies. Apple filed this lawsuit to recoup the payments, which amounts to around a billion dollars, while instructing its contract manufacturers to stop paying royalties on iPhone shipments, even though they are still paying on behalf of other smartphone OEMs. This has led to a flurry of counterclaims to the point where the contract manufacturers are now included in the suit for not paying royalties on iPhones. Apple is claiming antitrust violations Both sides are seeking damages against each other. The nuclear option has been hit.
0: Yeah, in addition, Qualcomm has filed patent infringement suits in China, Europe, and the U.S. Suits with U.S. ITC and corresponding civil suits tied to the ITC complaint. They've even filed suit regarding the misuse of IP, particularly some software for the modem. All of which are in process in one form or another. This case, however, is really just related to the contract, and we'll decide what is the contract between the two companies, did the parties honor the contract, and is the contract fair? But first, let's review some of the other legal decisions that should impact this case.
1: Yeah, this is a contract law case, which tends to be a little bit dry. But in terms of antitrust complaints, most of the reviewers have determined that the royalty rates and business model leveraged by Qualcomm is actually fair. The Korean FTC case is still in review due to a government scandal and the US FTC case is still in the hands of Judge Ko to make a decision. The EU has refused to take up the case against Qualcomm and the Japan FTC reversed an earlier decision and dropped its case completely. All this signals that the majority of the governments that have reviewed the wireless IP licensing model believe it to be legal, and the royalty rates to be within reasonable limits. The U.S.
0: ITC case regarding
1: infringement of non-essential patents by Apple
0: was broken up into two parts. The first judge found that Apple did infringe on one of three patents, but did not recommend a ban on the infringing products, which is the sole remedy of the ITC. They rec- he recommended against the ban uh, over Apple's arguments that you know, this might hurt the industry, it might hurt consumers overall. The U.S. civil suit on the same patents, a jury trial, actually found that Apple did infringe on all three of the patents and actually valued those three patents at $1.40 just for three non-essential patents. In a very odd move, however, the ITC commission completely overruled the ITC judge and determined the patent that they ruled on was invalid despite the jury decision this one continues to baffle us and
1: everyone else. Yeah, it's a pretty complicated series of uh, different agencies and different decisions, and, and it spans the globe. So on top of that, the judge in the second ITC case ruled that Apple infringed on three other patents and recommended import ban on the infringing products. This is now under review by the ITC Commission, And it's anybody's guess what they will do. So we have no idea between IDC's commission and the different judges. They seem to be in in conflict with each other. However, while all this has been happening, Qualcomm has won patent infringement suits in both China and Germany that have resulted in import ban recommendations on on certain models of uh, Apple products, which could have significant impact on Apple since all the 5G phones could be considered infringing that that Apple will have a 5G phone though. There are still many patent infringement cases outstanding in China, Germany, and the US that could result in further bans or damages to Apple. So that kind of brings us to
0: this suit. This suit is more like the the US FTC case than the patent infringement cases. Apple will be arguing for payment of the rebates that were due contractually. They will also be arguing that the licensing model violates antitrust and should be at the component level, not at the system level. And finally, they'll be arguing that the royalty rates charged by Qualcomm are too high. Qualcomm will be arguing that is due the unpaid royalties from the contract manufacturers that Apple instructed them to stop paying. Qualcomm will also be arguing that the licensing model does not violate antitrust laws and that the royalty rates are appropriate for both standard essential patents and non-essential patents. Both sides will be seeking additional damages on top of that as well. Unfortunately, the contract manufacturers are really just caught in the middle and required to argue on behalf of Apple for this whole case. We believe that the contract law will drive most of the decisions in the case and the rest of arguments about antitrust are really just a distraction.
1: But we'll have to wait and see what the judge allows in the case. Yeah, because this is a jury case, and I think Apple is positioning this antitrust to help sway the jury. So with Apple and the contract manufacturers, we'll be presenting first on the jury trial. Most of the news in the first half is going to be focused on the Apple side of the story. So initially, we'll just be hearing Apple good, Qualcomm bad, and all the case proceedings. However, we'll try to look at uh, all sides of this throughout the trial in, in, a, in a fairly unbalanced, in an unbalanced, unbiased manner. So you may ask, why is this case so important? Well, it's contract law. It's an important case. In fact, and this is kind of a situation where FTC was ruling on issues such as uh, whether Qualcomm was a monopoly and influencing things. But this is a contract case, and it should be focused on the contract issues involved. But it could have a tremendous impact on licensing of intellectual property, not just in wireless and electronic industry, but all forms of IP, where uh, somebody enters a contract and then later says, no, the contract is no void because, uh, in retrospect, we decided it was too much money. This could reduce the value of current and future patents, and this would also hurt the investment in new technology, the sharing of technology between companies and, you know, it could slow the overall rate of innovation. Yeah, and just to clarify, Kevin, in the
0: wireless industry, companies can claim patents to be what we call standard essential patents or SEPs, SCPs, that are required for implementing and connecting the wireless networks. That, however, is just a small fraction of the patents used for the average smartphone, the non-essential patents include everything else from the other system components like the camera, the display, the battery to how the device operates, the device, the design of the device, the physical design of the device, and even how the device is used through applications running on the device. The average smartphone leverages over 2 million patents. While not every patent holder may charge for the use of those patents, they do have intellectual they do have value under our patent system.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like imagining if uh, the patents in a car were determined worthless because they didn't apply directly to the steering the car or the medical patents were worthless because they did not directly save a human life. Patent system was established to reward innovators for their investment in innovation and to encourage that, saying that all non-essential patents are worthless would not only devalue millions, possibly billions of patents, but also weaken the patent system. And remember that a jury already found the value of
0: just three of those non-essential patents uh, is worth (laughs) $1.40. Imagine, you know, if you actually extrapolate that out, you know, for all of Qualcomm's patents, you could have a $9,000 smartphone, (laughs) and that's just Qualcomm patents. Apple is really just is charged right now just $7.50 for the use of Qualcomm's entire patent portfolio, which includes over 140,000 patents.
1: Yeah, it seems like this is a interesting, gonna be an interesting case. It's uh, there's arguments on both sides. Question is really gonna be what the jury thinks and how the judge directs the jury and which uh, actions and which things are gonna be allowed to present it in court. So the evidence is going to uh, roll out over a, a four week period of time, and we're gonna be keeping track of it.
0: And to be sure, I think the rest of the industry is going to be keeping track of this as well. Obviously, this has a tremendous impact, not just on electronics companies and IP holders, but you know everybody that's involved in the patent system, especially the U.S. patent system. So it'll be interesting to see how this comes out. And I think it's going to be a very, very important case. So with that, I think we will wrap another cast. Please remember that Curious Research is a market research and advisory firm that provides custom research and advice to the entire high-tech ecosystem from sensors to the cloud. This includes custom market sizing, product and company competitive analysis, M&A evaluations, product and corporate strategic planning, and marketing strategies.
1: If you'd like to know more about Curious Research or inquire about our services, please contact us directly. I'm Kevin at curiousresearch.com. And I'm Jim at terriusresearch.com. That's T-I-R-I-A-S research. You can also visit our website at www.terriusresearch.com. And please keep up with us on social media at Terrius Research, Or for me, it's at Creewell, K-R-E-W-E-L-L. And for tech strategist, which is Jim McGregor, that's T-E-K-S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-S-T.
0: And please contact us if you have any feedback or topic requests for future curious guests. Thank you for joining us, and look for more information on this and other topics in future curious guests.